So I've been thinking a lot about um, the word democracy. We hear that thrown around a lot these days. Seems like uh, even uh, conservative radio hosts, conservative news outlets, they're all calling America a democracy now. That narrative has been drilled into our heads so much that everybody now believes that the United States is a democracy. It sounds fair. fair Hold on, I don't have you faded in yet. But there we go. You can make a comment there, Stella. Well, yeah, democracy sounds like a fair thing for everyone. Is that I right? Think, oh, so yeah. So people misunderstand it That's a lot. That's right. That's well, right. But what does it really mean? We also hear the term inclusiveness. Now, I got to thinking about the same people that are pushing the words democracy and inclusiveness think that these two things go together. Now, I, I did a lot of thinking about that. So, no, calling the United States a democracy annoys me just about as much as calling Democrats, the, calling the Democrat Party the Democratic Party. Now, the United States is actually a representative republic, and I've said that a number of times, and I'm going to keep saying it until some people realize that that's what we are. Also, sometimes referred to as a constitutional republic. And it always has been, right from the very beginning. Remember the Pledge of Allegiance? Remember how it says, and to the republic for which it stands, and not, not and to the democracy. No, and to the republic for which it stands. One nation under God. That's right. Mm-hmm. They don't like that word either. No, they don't. No. They're trying to wipe that out. A lot of these same people that are pushing... The idea that the United States is a democracy, like I said, they're also pushing the idea of inclusiveness. I'm going to start by defining the terms democracy, representative republic, and inclusiveness. Merriam-Webster defines a democracy as a government in which the supreme power is vested in the people and exercised by them directly or indirectly through a system of representation usually involving periodically held free elections. It also states that it is rule of majority. This means that the minority has no power in government because the majority is going to win all the elections. And the will of the majority is the law. In a democracy, majority or mob rule prevails. So whenever 50%, 51% of voters want something, they get it. It's not how it works in the United States. A great example of a democracy I heard about the other day, and I'm going to play a clip after I'm done with my monologue here was from a video I saw on YouTube about the government of Zambia. They have a democracy. And the majority has decided that homosexuality should not be allowed. Therefore, homosexuality is against the law. And anyone found practicing it will be charged with a crime. This is what it is to be a democracy. The majority rules, and the minority must obey the decision of the majority. 
I've often heard those considering uh, considered minorities say that they would like to eliminate the electoral college in favor of a popular vote. Now, this is a ridiculous idea that's been pushed to them, thinking that, oh, this is this way you're going to have a bigger voice. If this were the case, states with large cities would determine the results of all elections. It is a fact that people that live in large cities have very different ideas of what they want as opposed to those in rural areas. People in large cities often don't drive cars. Everything they do is a short distance from where they live. They live in apartments. And they mostly have a progressive way of looking at things. Politically, they try to support ideas that benefit their way of life. With a popular vote, these large cities would be the mob in charge. What about those of us that prefer open spaces? That would be me. More privacy. Maybe we want to have livestock or grow a garden. What if we want to be self-sufficient and be off the grid and just be left alone? In a pure democracy, the people in the big cities would not be supportive of policies that meet the desires of those in the rural areas. In fact, they likely have no clue what our lifestyle is even like. Kind of like how lifetime politicians often have no idea what it's like to be an average person just trying to get by day to day, yet they make rules for us to live by. How is this inclusive? Now let's see what a representative republic is. Merriam-Webster actually doesn't define this term, and there's no real definition I could look up, so I will explain it with some help uh, from an article I found at redstate.com. It seems that this term, which represents our form of government in this country, has mostly been erased from the Internet. A representative republic protects the rights of all citizens, not just the majority, and is founded on the principle of elected individuals representing the people with elections providing the opportunity for change. Using this election process, a minority can get a representative elected that will speak for them in the government. Even though there are democratic processes used in the local elections, it is not a democratic process at the larger scale. An example of this was when the Tea Party, angrily, I was one of them, but peacefully protested a government which has grown too large, which increases our debt to the detriment of our future, which sometimes doesn't honor our Constitution. (laughs) That's getting worse by the day. Which honors entitlement and equal outcome more than it honors opportunity. Using the election process, it has been able to affect a change in government representation and legislation. So what is inclusive? Dictionary.com defines inclusive as aiming to include and integrate all people and groups in activities, organizations, political processes, etc., especially those who are disadvantaged, have suffered discrimination, or are living with disabilities. That's all okay. I don't really know of anybody that's against that. Maybe like with so many words these days, the word democracy has been so misused that almost everyone has forgotten what it actually means. Democracy may be inclusive from the standpoint that everyone gets to vote, but beyond that, the minority is always going to be left out of the process from their heck in a communist country. I hear they have votes. They have elections. As a matter of fact, those people are required to vote. 
at gunpoint if necessary. A representative republic, on the other hand, offers a lot of opportunities for the minority voice to be heard and be part of the conversation when it comes to making policy. Some ideas are just plain bad and should not be included. Not everyone is going to succeed the same way in life. Success requires a lot of hard work and some luck. Not everyone wants to work hard. And they shouldn't have to in a free country. If they don't want to work hard, they shouldn't. But there again, you reap the benefits of what you sow. I know from being self-employed most of my life, and uh, probably my guest that's with me today probably understands this concept, you work a lot harder when you work for yourself. Anybody that has, has the misconception that if you're, 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 you're self-employed or you work from home or you have a business that, oh, well, you know, they just have it easy and, you know, they're just, you know, living in fat city and not work. No, it's a, it's a 24-7 job at that point. It's a lot harder you got to work harder if you want more in life than just, just the basic stuff. We're not all the same. Not everyone should be included in everything. Kind of like how men should not be allowed to compete in women's sports. We're all unique individuals with our own set of skills and qualities that we bring to the society we live in. Some are going to have the ability to be very successful and build a business in which they can provide opportunities for those with less ability. Those with less ability will have the chance to work for someone else that is successful and gain new skills in which they can become more successful themselves. I know that. I've been self-employed for years, and I've acquired a lot of skills. And a number of times I've told people, hey, if you want to come work for me, you're not going to make a ton of money. But I'm going to pay you what I can, and you're going to have the opportunity to be paid while you learn a new skill. And then at some point, you're probably going to want to go off on your own, and then you're going to make a lot more money. But it requires work, dedication. Many others are content with simply doing the same thing every day, living a modest life, and that's okay. It takes all kinds to make the world go round. I'm sure someone will call me a racist for reminding everyone of a thought I have from an old saying I grew up with. It's kind of a variation on this. It takes both chiefs and Indians to make the world go round. When looking at the meaning of equality mentioned in the Declaration of Independence, the Declaration begins with an appeal to the laws of nature and of nature's God and maintains that the proposition all men are created equal and that by the way, that means everybody, that means all people. All the 57 genders or how many ever there is now. <laughs> There's only two. <laughs> it's a self-evident truth. Furthermore, all men are endowed by their creator with certain inalienable rights, among them life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. What the Founding Fathers meant by equality is that all men share a common human nature. The assertion that all men are created equal means that all persons are the same in some respect. It does not mean that all men are identical or equally talented, wise, prudent, intelligent, or virtuous. Rather, it means that all persons possess the inherent capacity to reason. Of course, that's in question these days. A free country 
like the representative republic we have in the United States does not guarantee that everyone will be equally successful, only that everyone will be included in the opportunity to try.